few, before we go to prayer for a few things, let's, I have two quick announcements for you. Uh, one is, if some people could stay back um, to set up some tables for the service coming up, uh, if you want to help us, we love and appreciate that after the service. Um, and then a quick announcement for those of you who are reading through the Bible in a year with us. I found a chart that I bought a while back, and it's on the bulletin board out there with the kings and the prophets in a timeline. So if you want to check that out, because I know we had some questions Wednesday, when are all these things happening? So it's up there. So I'll keep that up there for a little bit so you guys can check that out. Let's go to God in prayer um, today. And as I'm praying for this time, pray with me, pray for me, pray, pray that uh, the evil one stays out of our minds, stays out of our, our way today. So let's pray. God, thank you for today. Thank you for just the opportunity to gather together to learn about you, to sing about you, to remember Jesus' sacrifice for sins. Thank you for the people here in person, but also those hearing even at this very moment online. Um, just help us to be led by the Spirit into truth today. Some things may be difficult to hear, but help us to have open minds and hearts to what you have for us today from the letter from Jude. And thank you for Jesus. He was named Jesus because he was, would save people from sins. So we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Today is our final Jude message for now. So I'm going to, it's, it's Jude 12 through 25. There's a lot of verses there, but we're not going to be here all day. We're going to be here for a short time. And I hope this is encouraging today. But let us remember our Jude theme that we've been talking about all through the Jude series. We have been given the responsibility to defend God's truth and to pass it on to others. We have truth, right? We have faith, but are we passing it on to the next generation and the next generation? And it keeps going if we just pass it on to others. And then during the walkthrough, this is kind of the overall theme or overall picture of Jude. If you didn't read Jude, this is, you got it all right here, basically. Dear friends, those who have been called, loved in God and kept for Jesus Christ, contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to God's holy people, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Jude has been a hard series for me to study it in the week and to bring a message to you, because there's some hard things in Jude, but there are also some encouraging things for those who know Christ, those who are waiting for Jesus to come back. So today we got the four D's. Not talking about the four D's which some of you are living in right now. Okay? I'm not there yet. But the four D's, we're going to talk about four things that start with the letter D from these verses. So let's dive into... Number one, description. Jude 12 and 13 give us a description of these ungodly false teachers that have secretly crept in to the church among us. And this gives a description. If you just read these, you may be like, I'm confused. What do those mean? 
We're going to kind of go through it. And these are who these ungodly false teachers are. So let's read these two verses together. These people are blemishes at your love feasts, eating with you without the slightest qualm, shepherds who feed only themselves. Shepherds who feed only themselves. They're only looking out for who? Just them. They're not looking out for you. They're not looking out for me. They're looking out only for themselves. They feed themselves. And this brought me to way back to Ezekiel. So go to Ezekiel real quick. If you don't know where that is, if you flip open, maybe in the middle, you just keep going to your right till you find it. Okay? Psalms, Proverbs, you get to Daniel, it's right before Daniel. Okay? And this is even back during the prophet's days. Here's what the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel. This is what the word of the Lord was. Okay? Listen to this. Ezekiel 34, verse, starting in verse 2. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, Woe to you shepherds of Israel who only take care of yourselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? Verse 3, you eat the curds, clothe yourselves with the wool, and slaughter the choice animals, but you do not take care of the flock. You have not strengthened the weak, or healed the sick, or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays, or searched for the lost. You have ruled them harshly and brutally. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. When they were scattered, they became food for all the wild animals. My sheep wandered over all the mountains and on every hill. They were scattered over the whole earth, and no one searched or looked for them. Did you catch that? Woe to you shepherds of Israel who only take care of yourselves. That's in the prophets' days. And then you go to 1 Peter. This brings us to the church. Look at what Peter says in chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5, starting in verse 1. I think I've said it before, but I put myself in the category of a shepherd of the flock. So listen to this. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Verse 2, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, we know who that is, Jesus, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Elders, again, I put myself in this category because I come up here with the word of God and I'm supposed to shepherd you, I'm supposed to lead you into truth with the Holy Spirit's help, of course. Are we doing a good job? Am I doing a good job? Are the elders doing a good job of looking out for you all? Yes, we struggle. We make mistakes. 
I forget to call you once in a while. I forget to text message you. But I hope that I'm taking the time to shepherd you well from here. And I always ask you, pray for me as I come up here with the Holy Spirit's help to shepherd you and to lead you into the truth of God's word because it's hard. Sometime I want somebody to say, can we switch jobs for a a week? But if you want to, take me up on that. It's hard sitting in that office. It's hard knowing how to take a text and bring it to you all and say, I'm encouraging you to take the faith that you have and go out there and share it. Because it's tough for me. Sometimes I want to clamor up and shut myself in and say, I don't want to see anybody today. But I have this responsibility. And I don't want to be a shepherd who feeds only myself. I want to feed you. I want the Holy Spirit to help us. That's number one of this description. Look at the next one. They are clouds without rain, blown along by the wind. Do you ever look at a rain cloud coming in and no rain comes? That's the teaching of these false teachers. They promise things and it doesn't come. Next one. Autumn trees without fruit and uprooted, twice dead. Whew! Twice dead. I think it's talking about physically dead and spiritually dead. That's not a death twice dead you want to be in. They are wild waves of the sea foaming up their shame. Do you ever go to a, the waves coming in and all you see is foam and dirt and all that on the shoreline? That's what their teachings are. I don't want that. I want some clean teaching, some fresh water The next one might hit you, wandering stars for whom blackest darkness has been reserved for. Do you ever look up in the night sky and see a shooting star? I saw my first one when we went to the Grand Canyon in my life. That's the first one I've ever seen. What happens? You see the shooting star, right? And you're like, yeah, that was so awesome. And then where'd it go? Back into the darkness. Maybe never to return. Those are the descriptions of these false teachers, these blemishes at your love feast. Remember, they secretly come in and are dining with us. They're among us. They're here. They're trying to confuse us and rip us apart. So there's the description. And one commentator writer said this, they have a form of godliness but lack genuine faith. They, they seem good on the outside, right? They do. They seem godly, but they don't have true faith, genuine faith. So that's a little description of them. That's hard to read. And we probably know people like that. We need to stay away from them. And then you get to verse 14 for our next, our next D, doom. Judgment is coming. Enoch, the seventh from Adam, 
prophesied about them. See, the Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of His holy ones to judge everyone and to convict all of them of all the ungodly acts they have committed in their ungodliness and of all the defiant words ungodly sinners have spoken against Him. These people are grumblers, fault finders. They follow their own evil desires. They boast about themselves and flatter others for their own advantage. Again, you see, it's all about themselves. In the Greek text, if you look at the Greek text, Jude uses derivatives of the word ungodly four times. Apparently, this is what one writer said, apparently Jude could not state his case strongly enough. Such people are so despicable that words cannot fully describe them. He had to use four different words for the ungodly. We have ungodly in our English, but there's four different words that Jude tries to communicate to his readers. So words can't even describe these people. He did his best. The doom. Remember I said a couple weeks ago, sometimes you want a message to be joyful, you want a message to be encouraging, but sometimes you have to take the text and say, hey, there's doom coming for the ungodly sinners, the ungodly people that are causing havoc even within the church. And then you get to verse 17, the switch. I love it. This transition from these description and the doom of these ungodly false teachers. Then you get the word, the three-letter word, my favorite three-letter word in the Bible, but. I love that word. In the Bible, there's a transition here. Verse 17, you get this. The determination. So you have, if you're in the Christian life, you're living the Christian life, is it hard? Everybody should be saying yes. I hope. Because if it's easy, come talk to me. I want to know what you're doing. But true believers, although it's hard, the Holy Spirit's there to lead you and guide you. To do what? To continue. In the faith journey, I grew up knowing the Bible. I grew up. I read the Bible. I listened to the Bible. Not all day, but every day. Not every day, but I went to school. It was always the Bible. I went to a Christian school. So since kindergarten, all the way through high school, I had the Bible every class, every uh, grade. There was a Bible class. So I understood it. Did I understand it? No. Did I follow it? No. Did I read it every day? No. But I became, I said, Lord, I want to follow you at the age of 12. And it's difficult. And some of you can attest probably. We stopped the service and said, is there any testimony? Is it hard or easy? I think everybody would say it's hard. I think. But who's there to guide us and lead us to continue on? The Holy Spirit. And look what these verses say. Jude is such an encouraging writer here. Look what he says. But dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you in the last times there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are the people who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the Spirit. So he's saying you have the Spirit. But they don't. Verse 20. But you, dear friends... 
By building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. Remember, dear friends, remember what the apostles taught. Remember. Here's what I wrote down, or I got it from a writer. I don't know if I wrote it down or just got it from a writer, but he said or I said, I don't remember. What we cannot expect to remember, what we will not review. If you never open this up, how are you going to know what to learn? How are you going to know what to study? How are you going to know what to have faith in or believe about Jesus, about the Spirit, about God if you never review it? We cannot expect to remember what we will not review. I know there's some students in school still here. If you, review, if you don't review for a test, you probably won't remember what you've studied or remembered, right? You have to review you have to go over it and over and over again. You know how many times I've read through Jude during this series and I still don't know it? I still don't understand it fully. But if we don't review it, how can we continue to learn and grow? So remember. And then you have verses 20 and 21. These are things what the body of Christ should be doing. Did you catch those? Building yourselves up in your most holy faith. How do you build yourself up in your faith? Let me ask you in this way. Can you do it alone? Can you build yourself up in your faith by yourself? Probably not. We need each other. That's why we gather here today. That's why we gather at a prayer meeting, Bible study. In the week, if we call each other up and say, you want to come out and hang out and talk? That's what we do. I don't know about you, but this week I was built up in the faith in many different ways. I talked to somebody in my office for an hour. That was such a building up in the faith. I talked to somebody while playing nine holes on a golf course. That was building us in the faith, even on a golf course. Do you find ways to do it together? Or do you stay in your house and don't call anybody and just show up on Sunday and say, I'll be fed on Sunday? The next one, praying in the Holy Spirit. Do we pray? I challenged last week to the men of the church, be men of prayer. Are we praying in the Holy Spirit? Verse 21, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy Wait for the mercy. I can keep saying that because I love that. Wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. I know one person that was waiting and ready to go and now she's in her Savior's arms. She was waiting for the mercy of Jesus Christ to bring her, Virginia Stratton, to eternal life. Beautiful picture. Because she was ready. 
but she was also waiting. Do we wait for that moment? And remember, it could happen anytime. I've known people who died young. I've known people who died old and in the middle. We don't know when it's coming, but are we waiting for the mercy? Are we ready for that day? And then you get to verse 22 and 23. The hardest, hardest, hardest verses I got to in Jude. I'm like, what does this mean? Or how can I live this out? Be merciful to those who doubt. Do you know people who doubt? Yes, you probably do. What does it say do? Be merciful to them. Show them mercy. Verse 23, save others by snatching them from the fire. Some people, you've got to grab them by the neck probably and say, hey, you need to listen to this right now. And then it says, to others show mercy mixed with fear. You not only show mercy to these people, but you kind of give them some fear. Like going back to the doom, what's going to happen? If you don't know Jesus or you're following your own ways, doom's coming, judgment is coming, eternal blackness is coming to you. There's got to be a little fear maybe in some instances. And when you look at the end there, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. Going back to Zechariah, man, the prophets give you some good things. If you go back to the prophets and read them, there's some nuggets in there you're like, that is so good. Look at what Zechariah chapter 3, starting in verse 2 says. Zechariah 3, verse 2. Now this is about Joshua. Then he showed me Joshua. So Joshua the high priest is shown. And look what it says. Chapter 3. Zechariah 3, starting in verse 1 and then following. Then He showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right side to accuse him. The Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this man a burning stick snatched from the fire? Now, Joshua was dressed in filthy clothes. As he stood before the angel, the angel said to those who were standing before him, Take off his filthy clothes. Get rid of them. They're not supposed to be on him. Get rid of them. Then he said to Joshua, See, I have taken away your sin, and I will put fine garments on you. They say, Take off those filthy clothes of Joshua. You need to hate those clothes. Take them off. I've got some fine garments for him to put on. And you see here, hating in Jude, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. I know it's like a, an, a word picture, but it gives you an idea. They secretly slip in here, but if we know that the person is teaching falsely, we're even supposed to kind of hate the clothing. And, and if somebody doubts and is following those teaching and you see them and you're like, hey, they're going to be doomed. Do you want to go that path? You need to take off your spiritual 
clothes that are filthy. Spiritual meaning like they're not really spiritual. If you're kind of confused on that phrase. I'm, I was confused in my own mind. Those unspiritual clothes. Don't follow that. You need to come and follow Jesus, the true Savior of the world, and be led by the Spirit, hating even the... That's probably a little fear there. Maybe the person might not get it, but hopefully they're a little... gets their mind thinking. So, show mercy to those who doubt. Snatch some people from the fire. And show mercy mixed with fear in some instances. Before we get to the two final verses, you've seen a description, a doom, a determination, and now you see the doxology. But before I read those verses... Are you following the right way? Are you following Jesus? Are you in need of a Savior? You may not know you need a Savior. You're like, I'm good. But you may need a Savior today. J. Vernon McGee said this. He, Jude, talking about the writer here, he, Jude, had to come to Christ as a sinner, accepting Him as Savior just as anyone else did. Remember, Jude was a brother of Jesus. He could have said, my brother's the Savior. He's going to show mercy to me. I don't have to follow him. He's my family member. He's going to take me with him. Oh, wouldn't that be something? If we could just say, my whole family is coming with me, even if they don't accept Jesus. Couldn't, wouldn't that be amazing if we could do that? But we can't. Jude had to come to Christ as a sinner to his brother, a savior. He said, I knew this kid, grown up. But Jude realized he was a sinner and saw Jesus resurrected and said, I want to follow the savior who saves people from their sins. And if you're here today and you're like, I, I want to do that. I don't know how to do it, but I want to do it. Let me tell you, at the age of 12, did I, I didn't know what I was doing but I'm glad I made the decision because you know what else was good? I was raised to a new life and I'm not doing it alone. I have other people that are following Jesus that are building me up in my faith. Ever since I was 12. It could be for you today. Realize you're a sinner Repent of that sin and say, God, I confess to you, Jesus, you are the Savior of the world. You're the only one that could take away sins. And then we have baptism that pictures you dying to sin. And you're raised to a new life. And then the Spirit will lead you and guide you on the path you need to go. And you're not alone because you have other people here with you. That are on the difficult journey with you. And to end... This is probably one of the best doxologies in the Bible. Look what it says. To Him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before His glorious presence without fault and with great joy. 
To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forever. And everybody together. Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this gathering. Jude makes some tough remarks. But I pray that we were encouraged today that we would be people that stand for truth, that proclaim truth, that proclaim that Jesus is the Savior of the world. I pray for all who are listening, that they would have open ears and minds that say, if they need to change something, they call out to God and say, help me. And then they reach out to others and say, help me in my faith. Help us to build each other up to pray and to wait for that glorious day when the Savior brings us to eternal life. And it's in the wonderful, precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen.